Resting by the sea in sunny San Diego, this is the Ascended Masters at Work show, where we lift the veil of mysticism and reveal ancient secrets brought to earth by the world's greatest spiritual teachers. Here we share real-life stories that change lives and widen our eyes. And now, here is your host and spiritual life coach, Reverend Shirlene Reeves. And hello, everyone. I'm always excited to be on the show every week because we have such wonderful guests. And this week is absolutely no different because we are going to talk about conflict. And if you have conflict in your life, I'm going to give the phone number to call in really early so that you can call in and talk to the doctor about how to resolve your conflict. So here's the number, 888-627-6008. That's 888-627-6008. So I'm going to start by telling a story because you know I always love to tell you stories. And this story was so aggravating. And I actually did talk to Dr. to be doctor about this, and I'm going to tell you all about her in just a minute, because I was so frustrated. I signed a contract that said I was going to get a website done and a funnel built in only 10 days. And one of the things I didn't want to do was change my website, but this woman convinced me that I needed to grow up and change everything about my website. So she could charge me $4,800 for all of this. And I really didn't want to make the change at all because everybody loved my website the way it was. But I went along with it because I thought, okay, well, maybe I do need a facelift in some way. And I wrote the check. She wouldn't even let me put it on my American Express, which would have protected me, right? Because if she didn't get her work done, I could have called American Express and got my money back. But she said, oh, no, I don't do credit cards. You'll have to write a check. So I really had to trust this woman completely. And what happened was months rolled by. Gee, what a surprise, right? Months rolled by. And she had a dog problem, so it couldn't get done in that week. And then she had the flu another week or so, she said. And then she had a cold another week. And then she had to get hair extensions another week. So things just went on and on. And I couldn't get it done no matter what I did. And, you know, I'm a pretty easygoing person because I think from the heart. And I really work hard at trying to maintain relationships. But there was just no winning in this situation. And so finally, I had to say, you know, you have a contract that said you'd have this done in just 10 weeks. And we're out seven months now. And I still cannot use my my website. It's a mess Everything is hither and yawn. Nothing makes sense. And, you know, I was out marketing myself. I've been around for a long time, almost 28 years. And a website like that, when people are looking at whether I'm going to be a keynote speaker or not, was an absolute disaster. I was losing business. 
I was losing speaking engagements. I was losing my integrity. And none of it was my fault. And so I went to the doctor and said, I don't know what to do. This is really bad. And I also went to uh, other people that built websites that could tell me whether I should you know, what I should do, because she was making it sound like because I had classes and locked, um, locked classes within the site, that that's what caused all the problem. But everybody else I talked to said, no, that has nothing to do with it. They should have ported it over very easily. So, you know, I did finally get the website done um, but it's a mess, and I'm having to pay to redo it again. So I'm still telling people, oh, the new website's almost coming. It's been an eternity, almost a year now. And the funnels are built, but I can't, and I'm paying every month to maintain my funnels and click funnels, but I can't use them until my website is completed. So this has been an absolute mess. So I want to bring this person on now because I'm going to let her address this. She's an amazing conflict coach, and I have so much respect for her. She's also a business mediator, which is perfect for my situation, and a phenomenal transformational trainer. And she does absolutely fantastic keynote speeches. Now, she works with up-and-coming management that are challenged and motivated to actually achieve. And she actually works with entrepreneurs as well. And she has an executive suite that she developed for conscious leadership. What I really love about her is she helps people master their relationships by learning to connect. And that's what I teach too. So she and I are a really good pair when it comes to doing interviews like this. Because she does actually specialize in how to help people connect. And leading consciously is really important in the psychological safety for improved performance and positive employee relations and increased profitability. So I want to introduce right now Dr. Deborah Dupree, and we call her Dr. D. Hi, Dr. D. Welcome to the show. Oh, thank you, Charlene, for such a great introduction. I love you. <laughs> <laughs> you totally deserve it. You're so amazing. And I've been working with you for what? How long? Oh, gosh, I think we've known each other at least a couple of years. Yeah. And, uh, you know, so much integrity. I have so much respect for you. And I absolutely love what you do. And I'd love to know, tell me, what is it I should have done with this woman? I, you know, I'm still in the throes of this, but at least she produced the website, which I didn't really need, and mm -hmm. the funnels. But um, now I'm having to rework the whole website. I don't know what to do. Well, you know, just listening to your story again, because we have talked about it. And, uh, you know, so I've heard it before. And I I felt bad before you and hearing of the ongoing struggles that you've had. And and, and so I, I acknowledge that because that's sort of my passion, helping people navigate through difficult situations like what you've experienced, Shirley. I know how much of a headache it's been for you. Yeah, well, <laughs> yeah, it really does affect your business when people don't follow through like they say they're going to. Yeah, yeah. You know, in, in hindsight, it's always twenty twenty, right? Yes. And, you know, and so uh, I, I, I emphasize that because 
many times when people go through difficult situations like what you're talking about, you know, it's it's one thing to move on, and then that's important to do. However, it's also important to do a sort of a self-reflection on, you know, gosh, now that I know what I know, what could I have done differently before? And so that's sort of, you know, when you ask me what could you have done, it's that's where I go with that then because we can't go back and change it, right? Mm-hmm, that's right. Yeah, and so uh, I, I'm glad to hear that you're sort of moving on. You know, it's still painful. It brings up oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And of course, costly. Yes. Yeah. And so that's why I like to talk about conflict costs, not just in money, but in the pain, the anguish, you know, having to do things again and so forth. Um, you know, I guess one 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 thing I would encourage you to keep in mind, you know, moving forward um, and, and maybe could have made a difference in this situation is that and this is true for all of our listeners, too, that, you know, it's so important to have you know, a vision of where you want to go and then have mm-hmm. some, you know, milestones along the way so that that when those milestones aren't met, that we 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 use it as an opportunity have to have a conversation with whomever else is involved. And this is where a lot of us get stuck, though, because we don't know how to have that conversation in a way that actually leads to a constructive outcome. And so well, I was just going to ask you, what do you do when you try to have a conversation and they don't call back? Uh, obviously, that's very, very, very difficult. So I'm going to share with you something that um, I encourage other people to do uh, in the workplace. And so, and this is where, you know, email can be con- constructive or a voicemail. And so starting off, one of the things is is to own your own emotion about it. And so... It might be something like, you know, I'll just make up a name, you know, Rebecca, you know, uh, Rebecca, you know, we engage in this contract and I, I have some concerns and I'd like to hear where you're coming from. And I'd also like to share where I'm coming from, because out of that kind of conversation, then maybe we can come to some resolution. Mm, but, I like but, that. So um, and, and so with that, then, is that you're not letting it linger for you. And again, you're you're addressing it. And so you're owning your emotion. But you're also constructing it so that you're inviting the other person to share where they're coming from. And and I would like to just put out then is that by it's like what Stephen Covey says, you know, you got to give to get back. But then you, you better watch what you give because you might get it back, you know. And so often we, we another Covey line is that we seek first to under, we seek we seek to be understood before we seek to be under, to understand. And so. You do want to seek to understand where's the other person coming from, because from that you can get a lot of good information then that you can then use to gauge your response. Mm, thank you. That's awesome. That's really awesome. And and we have Mike on line one, and he I think he has a question for you. Mike, are you there? Yes, uh, Deborah and I are good friends, and she's been my counselor. Mm. And. And, uh, for many, many years, and she helped me through one of the worst times of my life. Um, we have lived a upper middle class, very exciting life up to the age of 60. And then within a few months, my market fell apart, like with so many people selling services in uh-huh. uh, mid 2000. And uh, within four years, virtually every nightmare a young man has 
came true. In about four years, I got hit with about everything that could happen. And we can list all those things, but we have some other problems, too. I have two children. Mm -hmm. The younger one is a beautiful kid. She's an esthetician, has a boyfriend. They bought a house. She lives her own life. She's 30, and she's a wonderful person. So hopefully you can say it's not all my fault, but happened to the second one mm-hmm. and every every day when I get up I sit there waiting for the phone call because she's addicted to heroin oh and, my uh, this, this one has been as Deborah knows a problem since she was knee high to a horny toad the first word out of her mouth was no and <laughs> uh, we, uh, I, I can restate a lot of the things that we know about a person in that situation, such as they have to themselves want to commit to quitting. And um, it takes amazing energy to do it and effort. And she just isn't prepared. And when I ask her about it, she says, of course, she's not using, which is not true. She gets up at 5 a.m. every morning, goes over to the methadone clinic to get her free high on methadone, and then goes scores uh, heroin all day long, I guess. I don't know. I well, Michael, well, I'm, I'm really glad you called in because I'm sure you're not the only one that's had this kind of challenge. And... Um, Dr. D, I'd like to ask you, you know, what do you recommend to people who are going through this kind of thing and the other person's on drugs or an alcoholic or how do you deal with that? Well, you know, certainly addictions are, are one of the most difficult things to deal with. And whether it's heroin or porn addiction or um you know, alcohol addiction, gambling addiction, um, you know, shopping addiction. I mean, all of those addictions are, are ways of, of, you know, dealing with, you know, uh, coping mechanisms to deal with the pain that they have. And so, you quite frankly, as Mike has already said, you know, someone's got to be ready to help themselves first. And so, and that's what's difficult then as a spouse, as a parent, you know, as a friend, as a colleague, um, when you have somebody so close to you, you know, grappling with those external things to help cope with life, um, you know, it, it's really where you have to say, you know, what are my boundaries here? Because sometimes when we try to help and help and help, mm-hmm. yet again, you know, we we actually are serving to enable them in many ways because we simply don't know what would be a more effective way to go. And so I know this is one of the hardest things, particularly from a parent, but simply, you know, at, at some point saying, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm done with this relationship as it currently exists, as it currently exists. And when you're ready to engage in a different kind of relationship, I am more than here. And so I guess, Mike, I, I'd have to, you know, I, I have known you a while and I've known what's gone on for you. And, and it's like with some of the other things in your life, it's sort of drawing that line and say, for my own integrity, for my own health and well-being, I need to do what I can do for myself. And continuing to be involved in this relationship is not healthy 
for me or for you. And my obviously my uh, my participation in the relationship as it currently is isn't helping you get to where you need to go. Now, do you find that if they, uh, even if you set boundaries, um, an addict will cross the boundaries, don't you think? I mean, that's what happened to me. I was married to an alcoholic, and it didn't matter how many boundaries I set, they didn't exist for him. Mm-hmm. Well, and I agree, yes. Can you know I tell when anybody is lying to you about their use of drugs? If you say to them, are you willing to commit to quitting every type of drug and alcohol out there because it's the only way it works with heroin addicts? If they respond, well, I'm not, I'm not using it all. But, I'm, you know, once in a while I have a little alcohol, they're using Okay, so, Michael, Michael, let me jump in here, okay, because... Um, one, we, we might have other callers, but I also want to, you know, get back to your point of, you know, how do you deal with this? And so to build on and to build on what Charlene just said, um, th- you know, because, uh, again, that's part of an a, a addictive person's personality is that they they don't have boundaries. Their their lines are very diffused and they they do not hold themselves accountable. It's always somebody else's fault. And so, Shirlene, I'm aware in your situation, you know, yeah, you can set boundaries, but that's where you have to say enough is enough. Mm-hmm. And you have to really make a decision that um, do I stay in or out of this relationship? And because that's the only way you're going to, to survive and, and you're continuing in that relationship. Unless that person is really seriously willing to do some work, they're not going to change. And you have you have a choice to then make about do I stay in or do I get out? And unfortunately, Michael, it's not as easy as being a parent, but the same thing still have, has to apply because how you continue to support your daughter, even in, indirectly or inadvertently, um, is not helping her where she needs to go. And unfortunately, with addictions, it oftentimes is a situation where people need to plummet to the bottom before they can start to get up. And I've got somebody right now I'm working with on a porn addiction, and um, had it for many years, long before he was married, but it's at a point now where the marriage will end if he doesn't do something about it, and um, and he's making serious commitments, and we're making a lot of progress. And so, mm-hmm. it's really, you know, setting firm boundaries in that regard, and, and, it, and if he didn't do something, then he would realize the consequences that would be losing his wife of 25-plus years. Wow. Well, Michael, I want to yeah. thank you for calling in and and sharing that with us. Well, Shirley, can I go back to um, you know your situation, your business situation for a moment? Um, because I, I, I have actually developed a structure that has been very successful to help people have these difficult conversations. So I call it the two-part conversation about how to have a conversation um, about a conversation. So it is setting it up like I already modeled to you earlier. You know, so-and-so, you know, I'd, I'd like to talk to you about our current contract. Um, I have some concerns. I have some observations. I'd like to get your input on it. And I'd like to share mine, see if we can't get some resolution. And to do that in a timely kind of way. And then, so then you set the meeting and you actually have that conversation. And you mentioned, well, how do you get through to somebody that if, if you can't get through to them on the phone? So then this is where, you know, um, you know, either having the conversation, but if you can't get through to somebody, it's something like this, is that, um, you know, uh, I'm, I'm writing this email. I expressed to you I wanted to have a conversation. I haven't heard back from you. And, and at this point, the problem has gotten very, very much a concern for me. 
And so without benefit of hearing from you, here's where I am. And try to be very objective, be factual about it. Um, and, and that's another piece of it, too, is always start with the facts of the situation because that sort of helps you manage the emotion. Then you talk about the impact of those facts or what's happened on you in the present. Then that does get the emotion. I feel, I feel betrayed. I feel frustrated. I, I feel you know, helpless and not being able to get control of my website, whatever those emotions might be. And then you talk about what's important to moving forward. And so, you know, it'd be important for me to have, you know, to either end this contract immediately or have something tangible within two weeks or whatever the time frame might be um, so that I can, I can restore some trust in this process and in your services. I'm not attacking that person, but in your services for what we contracted for. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Yes, it does. It really does. And I think I should have connected with you a lot sooner than I actually did. <laughs> you know, sometimes uh, uh, when you when people are giving you excuses, uh, I kind of let it go because I figure, okay, well, we'll get beyond this. And um, I, I think that's a known trait for this person now. Now I've got that figured out. <laughs> you know, and I can... I. What I would say about that, too, is that, you know, we can all come up with reasons for why we do or don't do something, you mm-hmm. know. But the mm-hmm. bottom line is that whatever that that is, you know, that you want it to be done, and in this case it was your website, still isn't done. And so then it's like acknowledging, showing your empathy. I, I hear that it's been a tough time for you, and the bottom line still is my website's not done. Mm-hmm. And so you, you have choices. You can either manage this part of your life better uh, and get my website done, or I'm going to choose to take my website away, and I am expecting a refund on my money. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's, where, that's where I talk about being clear, setting boundaries, setting timelines with that too. And so, if you expected something in two weeks, you know, maybe starting a few days ahead of time, is I just want to check in with you. Um, you had, you had contracted for a deliverable. I'm basing other business on that deliverable, and so I'm just calling for an understanding of where we are. Hmm. Okay, that's okay. awesome. So you might, you know, you might give an extension or two, but then be very firm about it. And I hear what you're saying. And the bottom line is, I still don't have what we contracted for. Right. And I learned a lesson too. I will never not do it on a credit card again. I've mm-hmm. learned that lesson. Mm-hmm. So no more checks. Yeah. <laughs> I never write checks. That's one of the very, very few times. And we've got Patrick on line one. Hi, Patrick. Are you there? Yes, can you hear me? We can hear you loud and clear. I'm so glad you called in. Yeah, sorry I couldn't get off mute a few moments ago, but uh, Dr. Dupree, it's so wonderful to hear your voice. I'm so interested in your subject matter. Uh, My question real quick is, in the last six months or so, I started to actually date a psychologist, and so the field of psychology has become on my forefront, and I've been becoming more and more fascinated with your subject matter over the last six months. So just real quickly, how can we as uh, men and women take the lessons learned from psychology and apply that to have both success in business and success in relationships? Is there any key Mm. things that we can learn from psychology to apply to success and relationships? Great question, Patrick. Great question. Powerful question, Patrick. And and thank you so much for calling in, too. It's delightful to hear your voice. Yeah. You know, um, 
you know, as Shirlene knows, you know, I've had my feet in, in both the work world and the personal relationship world for a long time. And I've been working to sort of bring that together. And, and I'm so really excited because that's where I feel I am now. And really, you know, I, I would say when we talk about, you know, how to use what we know from the field of psychology and apply it to both worlds is that, you know, there's some basic understandings, and you mentioned men and women, too, and so I do a lot around this in my trainings and my coaching in the workplace, too, is that I like to bring it back, quite frankly, to the neuroscience of our brain. Um, you know, our brain is an organ just like other organs in our body. Our brain just happens to house this thing that we call the human mind, and, you know, the human mind is, is not only um, emotions but cognitions, and so... To, to understand that, you know, you know, one, and I'll go back to the, the notion of emotional intelligence then, there are four key areas that, that all of us can always work on. And the first is self-awareness. You know, what kinds of things trigger me? Um, how do I respond? What happens to me internally? And, and, and how do I tend to react then in the heat of the moment? Um, because that's, that's a really key, important part, because how you do that piece of it and so that's self-awareness and self-management. How you do that piece of it applies to both how you function in your work world, but also how you function in your personal world. Wow, that's a that's a really good um, answer. I like that answer a lot. And you know, we function differently, don't we, in our our personal world and our work world? It's like we become an entirely different people person when we do that. You know, oh, when we go to work. Yeah, absolutely. And, and some things that might bother us at home may not bother us as much at work um, and, and, and vice versa. And so that's, that's where it becomes important to do that, that self-journey, you know, that self-reflection. And, and this is where, you know, in the field of psychology, Patrick, that we, we now, I mean, we've always known through Freud's work, you know, the childhood, but now in the last 30 to actually 30 to 50 years we have such a better understanding of the physiology of the brain and that when we talk about our childhoods it is important to recognize you know was there drama was there trauma you know what was the quality of caregiving and not that we blame our parents for that but just to be aware of that because now as adults we can do something about it we have choices and we, we can't we can't make those choices though unless we have some knowledge and understanding of what kinds of things drive us, what kinds of things trigger us, what is our sort of our natural reaction to that, um, so that then we can choose to start making a difference and influence our relationships that work in home differently. To I was like to say, how's that working for you? You know, are you getting? <laughs> yeah, I love getting, that phrase. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Are, are you getting what you want or not? And if you're not getting what you want. Guess what? We can do something about that. We, you know, we can learn, we can develop, we can do new things. We don't have to stay stuck in the pathway of the past. Mm -hmm. All right. Well, we are going to take a short break and I am going to ask Dr. D about her spiritual experience and how it changed her life when we come right back. See you shortly. Hi, I'm Dr. Deborah Dupree. I help people uncover their pain points from past abuses, both emotional as well as physical, that get in the way of happiness and calm in their lives. What I do is I bring the neuroscience of human behavior 
to its simplest form so that even the most resistant and stuck person can get out of their own way. What you gain is recovery, just like I did, and discovery of five key ways of achieving happiness. You do this through my 30-30-30 program. So let me ask you, what's getting in your way? Hi, my name is Christine, and I have been seeing Dr. Dupree for about six months now. I would say that when I first came in to see Dr. Dupree, I was at the lowest point in my life. I had never felt so low before, and I didn't think that I would ever be able to get out of it. Over this time, she has taught me new tools and techniques to, to utilize in my daily life, in my personal life, and in my work life. That black cloud, it doesn't exist in my life anymore. I feel like I have a rainbow that follows me and I have sunshine in my life. Call Dr. Dupre now and learn to powerfully connect, listen, and engage. Call 619-432-5073 or visit relationships-at-work.com. Welcome back, everyone. We've got this stimulating conversation going on, and we have another caller on the line. But first, I want Deborah to tell us, you know, about her ex- spiritual experience and how it shifted her life, how it made a difference in her life. Go ahead. Thanks, Charlene. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, you know, I, uh, you and I have talked about this, I know, and and. Um, I would say, you know, from a very early age and, and having been exposed to, you know, organized religion and so forth, I just, I realized early on that that just wasn't cutting it for me. And so started reading, started learning um, at a very young age. And uh, going off to college, I, you know, got into yoga and and that helped introduce me to a whole other world that I had never experienced or been exposed to. And as a result of my early experiences with yoga then, you know, I developed an ability to have a much heightened awareness that I had not had before. And it's that kind of awareness and enlightenment and, and ongoing, you know, self journey that has continued to guide and, you know, stimulate my life um, to, to get where I, I am today. And so I try to bring that to people too, in terms of where we can go, uh, Again, I talk about the brain just being the house of our mind and our um, our thoughts and our cognitions, but, but also our, our spirituality. Mm. And that's what I love about working with you is because you are in that space. And I think any any counselor, or any therapist or whoever they are, if they're in that space, they're so uh, much more helpful with guiding their their clients and the individuals that want to work with them. So uh, we have Doc Claire on the line. I love it when Doc calls in. She's becoming a regular on the show. And she's our modern-day medicine woman. Hi, Dot. Are you there? I'm here. Hi, Shirlene. It's great to be on your show. And 
Uh, also, uh, I, I, I love it that uh, Deborah Tabree is on, Dr. D. Uh, D. And, um, you know, I, I'm aware that she works with, um, that Debbie, you work with uh, uh, helping people get unstuck. And I was curious, uh, as I was listening to your uh, commercial a few minutes ago, is what is this 30-30-30 program that you offer mm. people for getting unstuck? Great question. Well, thanks. I, I do appreciate that. Um, yeah, with the 30-30-30 program is that um, what, what I do is I work with people individually, and we identify um, a, a, a series of goals that people want to accomplish. So breaking it down to what's one thing every day for the next 30 days that we can work on. And so by setting aside 30 minutes um, every day for self. And so that might be a combination of, of breathing, yoga, meditation, you know, some aspect of the spirituality. But also to then take a look at, you know, one, one skill set that, that they could get better on. So one of the things I do first is, you know, what are the pain points? You know, what are the things that are getting in your way? And, and talking about then how, how people um, can work through that. So it's really breaking down over a 30-day period, 30 topics, 30 minutes um, kind of thing, so that there's a sort of intensive approach to, you know, just think today's July 27th, where you could be in by August 27th with this concentrated approach. Mm. So really, you're mm. kind of setting mini goals for them. Is that right? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I like to say without, you know, if you don't know where you're going, you won't know when to get there. Mm, okay. <laughs> Did that answer your question, Dawn? Uh, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a, a great way of describing it. I would never have put it into words like that, but I certainly know that it takes 30 days minimum to change a pattern. And, of mm-hmm. course, uh, 90 days are going to be more permanent. But um, so doing it that way... Uh, uh, really is uh, advantageous and helpful. So I appreciate uh, how how you uh, laid it out in terms of where you started. Well, I appreciate that. Yeah, because oftentimes some people want quick fixes, right? And and yet you can't really uh, sure. achieve. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I want it done to <laughs> yesterday. <you know? laughs> That's one of my favorite topics: quick fixes. I should have a show just on that. Yes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I certainly can relate. I just did a 30-day um, uh, sugar um, um, marathon, so to speak, of eliminating sugar from your diet. And it's like 30 days. Well, then everybody wanted to go back to eating the way they were. Well, 30 days will never be a permanent fix, and it isn't a fix to begin with. <laughs> right, yeah, because right. they don't learn new habits, right? Isn't it hard, um, Deborah, to learn new habits in just 30 days? What do you think? Well, uh, you know, there's a lot of myths and misconceptions about habits and so about learning new habits and and getting rid of old habits. And so quite honestly, again, if we take a look at how our brain works, it's it's, if we identify, um, I I like to use it sort of three, take three words to describe how things have been in the past, three words to describe how you want things to be in the future. And so it's it's, rather than avoiding, because it actually takes more energy and effort to avoid, I'm not going to eat that chocolate chip cookie i'm not gonna eat that chocolate chip cookie i'm not gonna eat. so we end up doing oh gosh i'm so frustrated that i'm just gonna eat that chocolate chip cookie you know and so it takes more, 
it takes more energy to avoid rather than move forward to the positive. So I agree that 30 days is um, it's a quick start. It's a quick fix. It's a way to, to jumpstart to get confidence and momentum that you can do something different. Because then we want to, you, you know, the goal would be is that, okay, what do you want to do in the next 30 days? The next 30 days to reinforce that. So the idea is to give people um, a chance to have some experience with making those changes and, and then get momentum and confidence to move forward. And so I, I, I focus more on where do you want to go, not to, what do you want to avoid, and then make choices yeah. and embrace behaviors that take you to where you want to go. And that's the same uh, way I coach in business, too. Same thing is where do we want to go? What do we want to accomplish? And um, now we're even putting dates down for when we're going to accomplish those things so that we can back into them in a way that makes sense. Otherwise, we lose sight of the goals. And e even our producer here, Dawn, is saying, without effort, there is little reward. Quick fixes are not a good practice. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Absolutely. And I agree, you know, even when you're trying to develop a business, you you know, even a baby takes nine months to hatch out, right? So if, you, if you're trying to develop a business and people fall off at five months, then you're probably going to crash and burn. It isn't going to work. So like you're saying, we have to take the time to really make the change in our life and focus and practice it, right? Isn't that yep. what you're saying? Absolutely. Absolutely. We need to be mindful. We need to be conscious about mm -hmm. what it is that we've been doing that has been getting in our way. And we want to be conscious then and deliberate about where we want to go instead. Now, you uh, talk about leading consciously. What does that mean? Good question. Yeah. Um, you know, so where I've evolved uh, over the course of my work is that you know, by embracing, again, the neuroscience of our brain, by embracing the core concepts of emotional intelligence and mindfulness and authenticity, um, that by, by doing this sort of self-development, uh, increasing our knowledge and understanding of self, you know, through things like disc assessments and, and other, other instruments, but then also how, by doing that, then we also enhance our knowledge and understanding of where other people are coming from. And so when I talk about leading consciously, it's, you know, both how I lead my life consciously, but then also how do I lead others consciously? How do I influence and impact people in a way that they want to work with me, that they want to follow what I say, they want to do what I'm directing them to do, particularly if I am a formal leader? Uh, because don't we all want to have an impact? Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. You're right. Because what's the point of leading if you don't have an impact and nobody wants to follow you? Yeah, yeah. In fact, just yesterday I was working with a group of 20-some people and and uh, a young woman was sitting to my, my right as I was conducting this training class and she said, you know, you know, you talk about presence and influence and, and again, we talked about leading consciously. And she said, you know, I, I just feel that people don't pay attention to what I say, um, that they, they're quick to interrupt, you know, that um, they don't really believe what I bring to the table. And, um, and so that's really true for a lot of people. They don't speak up, but when they speak up, they don't feel that they have credibility. And so what I, you know, coached her on then is taking a look at her 
presence, and I mean physical presence. You know, how do you come across in your facial expression? How do your eyes look? What kind of language are you actually using? Um, how did your voice deliver? And so that's where a lot of coaching can help to help people redirect that into, you know, the, the old saying, you know, fake it till you make it. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. And so by practicing these behaviors that we know are more assertive, then that will build confidence as they in turn get feedback and a positive response. Mm. So what you're saying is that if she'll look at who she is as a leader and make some little changes in her techniques, it could make a big difference in whether she has followers or not. Is that right? Absolutely. Okay. So what do you think gets in the way of people living more consciously or more, so shall we say, authentically? What do you think? That's a good question. And, and my thoughts about that are, um, you know, well, then this is where I get back to, you know, we've talked before about the DISC assessment, you know, the communication mm-hmm. styles assessment. And um, there are, you know, some people who are naturally more confident you know, and others who are not. And so one of the things to look at is, uh, you know, that sense of self-confidence and um, that they really have something credible and believable to say. Because if you don't believe that about yourself to begin with, then other people are not likely to believe that about you either. Mm -hmm. And so it is taking a look at confidence and assertiveness. Um, and, And unfortunately, there are many people who need to work on bringing those skills up to par uh, so that they can come across more consciously, confidently, and leading. And this, again, then t- ties back into when I mentioned earlier, you know, childhood, because, you know, maybe you grew up, uh, you know, I have to admit for myself, I grew up with a dad who was very, um, uh, very uh, extroverted and outgoing, but he also had a bark to him. Mm-hmm. And and I was also on the younger end of nine kids. And so I, you know, everybody else was older that I didn't have a voice. So I had to learn, you know, what am I thinking? What am I feeling? How do I communicate that? And and so I haven't always been this way. I had to grow into that. And, uh, and so it's really about finding your voice and looking at the impact. Because if you've always t- had like a parent who says, well, you're no good. You mm-hmm. know, you can't, you can't do that. Um, you're no good at that then you just keep believing that about yourself, even in spite of the evidence as an adult, that you can do things, that you are good at what you do, and and that you should have confidence about that. Mm. Wow. And, you know, I know that a lot of adults were um, raised at a time when there was a lot of abuse and a lot of... Um, you know, you're to be seen and not heard, and I don't care about your opinion and that sort of thing. And um, I think that really hurt a lot of the um, baby boomers, actually, because, you know, many of us went through that mm-hmm. and feel like our what we have to say has no meaning. And um, it's fearful for them. I get that a lot with my Massive Visibility Media course, because they are so afraid to step up and really make an impact and create that mission and push it out in the world. And I really see that. And how do you support those kinds of people that are, that really don't feel like they have much to offer to the world? Well, gosh, and and so that's where, you know, 
it, it really is helping bring bringing out the strengths in people. Um, you know, just like people say, everyone has a story, and and that's mm-hmm. what I try to tell people. Everybody has a story. Everybody had their their stuff that went on in childhood, but mm-hmm. we don't need to keep living that way because of our childhood. And so, you know, as an adult, we do have the ability to make choices and to do things to recover from those not so pleasant experiences from our childhood. And so, you know, it, it, it means oh, sometimes being enough pain that you're willing to do something about it. Just like we were talking earlier on the show is that, you know, people have to be in enough pain sometimes to to want to do something about it. Um, sometimes people are motivated by even not so much pain. So it's just really helping them identify, well, what are their strengths? What are their natural gifts? And helping them build confidence around that. And then also, how do they apply that in their day-to-day lives so that they feel good about themselves and others feel good about what they bring to the table? Mm. Wow, that's awesome. Okay, so um, uh, when we're going to break for a quickie little break commercial, and then I'm going to ask Dr. Dupree to offer us some tips on takeaways for what we can do today to become more powerful to change our life. We'll be right back. Hi, I'm Dr. Deborah Dupree. I help people uncover their pain points from past abuses, both emotional as well as physical, that get in the way of happiness and calm in their lives. What I do is I bring the neuroscience of human behavior to its simplest form so that even the most resistant and stuck person can get out of their own way. What you gain is recovery, just like I did, and discovery of five key ways of achieving happiness. You do this through my 30-30-30 program. So let me ask you, what's getting in your way? Hi, my name is Christine, and I have been seeing Dr. Dupree for about six months now. I would say that when I first came in to see Dr. Dupree, I was at the lowest point in my life. I had never felt so low before, and I didn't think that I would ever be able to get out of it. Over this time, she has taught me new tools and techniques to to utilize in my daily life, in my personal life, and in my work life. That black cloud, it doesn't exist in my life anymore. I feel like I have a rainbow that follows me and I have sunshine in my life. Call Dr. Dupree now and learn to powerfully connect, listen, and engage. Call 619-432-5073 or visit relationships-at-work.com. I'm Shirlene Reeves with Maximize Your Wealth Now with a new tip on how to maximize your wealth. What if you could compel your clients rather than selling them 
so that they would work with you. Wouldn't that be so much easier? Wouldn't it be easier to have more income? I talk to entrepreneur after entrepreneur, and they're running from networking group to networking group, and they're so tired. And the reason they're tired is because they're not making any money, and they don't know how to work with their perfect clients. What if I said to you, compel, don't sell, and I could give you the tips for how to do that. I'm tearing back the curtain, and I'm going to show you how I built my business from zero to multi-millions, and I want you to make multi-millions too. So check it out on my website, MaximizeYourWealthNow.com, and get signed up for the next class. I promise you, I guarantee you, you won't be sorry. I invested in Sherlene's uh, Compelled to Sell sales training program, and I just knew immediately that she was the person that I wanted to work with. I came in wanting to know how to get more people I could talk to. And I also learned some things I didn't know that I didn't know. And now I know. At least I have a good idea. The reason I took this course was because I felt like there were a lot of new things that Charlene had to offer that I had not experienced before. That's why I took the class, is I wanted to sort of up-level my sales skills. And thank you, Charlene, for this amazing class. In 10 weeks, eight Compel Don't Sell students made a total of $301,000. Isn't it time to make a compelling difference in your income? If you answered yes, call 1-888-889-9212. That's 1-888-889-9212 to register for the next Compel Don't Sell course and learn the art of selling with heart. Discover the secrets to the three-step sales waltz. Learn how to open a sales conversation and ask for the sale authentically in your own words. Dial to reserve your seat today. Dial 888-889-9212. And we're back, and I'm looking out the window at the beautiful sunshine in San Diego. And Deborah lives in Coronado, which is the island just off to the side of San Diego. We can see each other from (laughs) the mainland, can see the island very easily. And it's a gorgeous area where she is, too. But I want to tell you before I ask her this very important question about our guest next week. We are going to talk about quantum physics. You know, it's very fashionable subject nowadays. And so we're going to talk about what quantum reality is. And this gentleman, uh, Paco Alarcon Cajan, K-A-H-A-N, he's from Barcelona, Spain. And you're going to love his accent. It's a little bit thick, so you're going to have to listen carefully. But he is an international author. 
and he's been leading seminars in Spain and he's new to the United States. So it's going to be really exciting. This is his first interview in the U.S. and he's a world authority in combining quantum physics, neuroscience, and spirituality for personal and spiritual development. So I know this is going to be really good. I've watched some of his videos and he is amazingly intelligent and brings a lot of information that I think you'll find interesting. And it doesn't matter if you're spiritual, you're scientific, or how you see things, he will show you a new way of looking at things. So I look forward to having you back with me next Thursday at 2 p.m. And I'm going to ask this very important question of Dr. Dupree. Um, Tell us, I said four tips, if you can give us an extra one, but or three tips, whatever you want to do. Share with us that we something we can take away today that's really going to make a difference in our lives. Would you? I would love to. I would love to. And I definitely am putting on your call for next week to join because I always love going to the neuroscience and people who study that all the time. So mm-hmm. great. Thank you. Yeah, I think yeah. you're really going to enjoy him. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, one of the things, you know, as we've been talking throughout this in the last hour is, you know, the importance of of self-awareness. And I know that a lot of people will say, oh, yeah, I'm, I'm aware of who I am and what I'm all about. And, and so let me explain a little bit more about what I mean by this, because I do this frequently in almost every class or speaking engagement I can, because it, it gives people a firsthand, you know, 60 second opportunity to, you know, really experience what I'm talking about. And again, for a lot of people, there's really this mind body disconnect. They, they don't really pay attention to what's going on in their bodies, which are our first clues to what's going on in our heads. And so um, I, I actually one of my clients, uh, Bonnie, um, coined it this way. She was the three B's. OK. Mm-hmm. And, um, and so it's first be in the moment. Be in the moment. And what I mean by that is just simply taking a moment wherever you are and just sitting quietly and closing your eyes and just breathing naturally and just, you know, what's going on for me right now? And just be mindful, you know, pay attention. And it's not like you have to evaluate, you know, it's just like, what thoughts come into my head? What am I feeling in my body? Am I doing tightness in my stomach? You know, so be in the moment and just be reflective of that. And to get in the habit of doing that. Uh, And so that's just a matter of, you know, 30 seconds, 60 seconds, something like that. And by being aware of that, then you are better in tune to how you might actually act or respond in conflict. And... And can sort of do a mental checklist, be in the moment, and so sort of go there, and then breathe through the moment. So I have, this is my fourth tip to add to my three Bs here, Um, Mm -hmm. I have Dr. D's deep breathing technique. And Mm -hmm. so when I talk about deep breathing, it really means, you know, taking that deep breath in through the nose and exhaling slowly through the mouth, uh, but really filling up your abdomen, and doing that four times. Wow. yeah, what that does, just being in the moment and breathing through the moment, you automatically slow down your heart rate. You slow down your breathing, obviously, but you also slow down your brainwave activity. Because so, um, so you're just saying, even if we get stressed or we up, are upset or we're trying to deal with conflict, if we just do this deep breathing, it will shift where we are 
mentally because it just calms our whole body down. Is that correct? Exactly. And we can regain control of what's going on in our, our brain then because again when we're feeling stressed when we're, we're triggered whatever that's the emotional part of our brain that's deep inside that's activating and when that's activated we don't think clearly we tend to pop out whatever comes into our head out through our mouth and not everything that pops in our head needs to come out of our mouth okay <laughs> yeah you're right <laughs> what yeah. is it call that when somebody could just talks and and we don't even get to think about it and that just pops out what do you call that kind of person um there's a name for that i think oh cathartic uh yes <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah. Or, or, or venting you know <laughs> yes exactly yeah, yeah. Exactly. so by by being in the moment breathing through the moment again you're, you're calming down the physiology of our brains and our bodies so that we can recapture the the sort of calmness or the more um, logical portion of the moment. And we're able to sort of look at the emotionality and then um, breaking through the moment. And what I mean by that then is recognizing, oh God, I'm triggered, my, my head's going crazy, my stomach's just in knots. And by breathing though, is that how do I wanna be on the other side of this? Mm. And so visualizing your state of being that you wanna be, and then that's what I call breaking through the moment is, is to achieve that. Wow, that's awesome. That's wonderful. Thank you for that information. And I wanna tell all of you, we have very little time left, but I wanna tell you that Dr. Dupree has um, uh, this awesome book coming out called The Science of Compassion, Discovering Your Emotional Potential for Drama-Free Living. What more could we ask, you know, <laughs> other than drama-free living? And she not only has one, she has two. And the other one is all about leading consciously and the five pillars for managing 360, up, down, and all around. And I just want to thank you for being with us today. I really enjoyed having you on the show. Thank you so much, Shirley. It's been a delight. And I want to say thank you to all our listeners and those who, those people who called in. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, you're welcome. And I'm so grateful for all of our listeners. And I hope you'll be with us again next week to talk about neuroscience and spirituality and um, uh, it's just going to be awesome with Paco. So I look forward to chatting with you next week and sharing what's coming up. See you then. Thank you for joining us on the Ascended Masters at Work show with spiritual life coach, Reverend Shirlene Reeves. We hope you found our message enlightening in a way that will change your everyday interactions in work and play. Share the love. Pass on our web address, ascendedmastersatwork.com, and if you have a great story to share, we'd love to have you on the show. This has been a Massive Visibility Media Production. Join us next week for the Ascended Masters at Work show. And while remembering the words of the late Wayne Dyer, when you change the way you look at things, the things you look at change. We say Namaste. Namaste.